Chan, and welcome to the Bread and Salt podcast. This is episode six of the Let There Be series called Let There Be Hope. Once in a while, we find ourselves in a series of unprecedented and challenging events, hitting us one after another. Some say it builds character, others follow superstitions. After the second tragic episode, they claim that one should break a match in half to ward off the supposed third turmoil coming their way. However we deal with distressing situations, some of us cling to the idea that if we do everything right, things should turn out fine. But in reality, that's not true. Life, over and over again, proves to us that even if we do our best, Even if we are the best, even if we abide by all the laws and societal expectations, eat only healthy and organic food, avoid environmental pollutants, strive our best to be an exemplary Christian, and work often on our relationship with God, some things will happen in this life that will cause us pain, whether it's physical, mental, or even emotional and spiritual. Let's turn to the story of a man who was doing quite well in life. He and his wife were blessed with wealth, loyal assistants and attendants, 10 children, quite a family. He was also a man of God, one who sacrificed for God and lived by the word of God. He believed and trusted in the unfailing word of God and lived with the hope that what God promises comes true. One day, as he was minding his own business, he was hit by several waves of tragedy. His assets were burned, his employees were murdered, and all of his children were killed when their house collapsed on them in a natural disaster. I'm sure by now you have recognized that this is the story of Job. And despite all this, Job continued living his life, carrying the burden of losing everything he had worked for as well as the deaths that had fallen upon his family. Despite all this, Job still had hope in God. He did not blame God, but said, Blessed be the name of the Lord. But not long after, things got worse for Job. He became sick with a disease that caused him to isolate himself from his community. Well, that sounds familiar. COVID-19 gave us a taste of that. During Job's mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual turmoil, his wife asked him how long he was going to continue waiting in hope for salvation after all that happened to them. Let's face it, we all know and have experienced that bad and good things happen to bad and good people. So Job's wife, in those turbulent times, in her anger toward Job, and especially toward God, she noticed Job's hope, and how Job held on to that hope. As Christians, we're not that different from Job. While we are grieving, even during funeral services, we emphasize God as the hope of our salvation. Our hope is noticeable. Despite the discouragement of Job's wife and his friends, Job did not stop seeking God. 
Eventually, God spoke to Job, the highlight of Job's story. And as we all know, it all worked out well for him in the end. And God gave him more than he had before. While all worked out for Job, most of the time our lives don't unfold that way. But we do get the kingdom that God promised us. But that's a topic for another time. What I'd like to focus on are the anxieties and disappointments that Job expressed when he was at his worst. I get anxious because pain seizes my flesh. Why do the impious live on at all? Why do they grow old and are wealthy? They don't lose their children. They see their children play. They have no fear. Their houses prosper. And there's no torture from the Lord upon them. We can relate to Job in his various struggles in life. Losing a home, our assets, getting sick, life partners breaking away, burying children. In his agony, Job tore his clothes. He shaved his head. He even cursed the day he was born and said, the arrows of the Lord are in my body and their wrath sucks my blood. My life will not be calm. He also said, I was abandoned by all and became homeless. Despite this, he fell to the ground and worshipped the Lord. He did not charge God with folly and even asked God to grant him hope. Job did not let go of hope, but he also grieved. Grief is not only for losing a loved one to death, but as humans, we grieve for losing someone through divorce, a breakup, losing a best friend over a conflict, losing a house after foreclosure, losing a pet, and much more. There are many different approaches to dealing with grief, and it is a unique process for each individual. There is no set timeline or specific time period suggested for healing. And unfortunately, some may not even fully recover. The common five stages of grief are known as denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. But the lines between them are blurred, and the order of the stages are different for each individual. Some don't go through any of these stages. But we should all grieve with hope. We should be aware of and accept what we're going through. We should take steps to heal because no one else can do it for us, because we know, and thus we hope, that God provides salvation. But hoping is not just conceptual. It's active and requires determination and action on our end. Hope doesn't mean wishing for something and hoping that God will provide it. We have to research it, understand it. We have to seek it. We have to direct our lives in such a way to make room for it. Job had evidence of the good that God had done for him, and he based his hope on that. His hope left room for God to act. So yes, God promised us that he's always there for us. We hold God accountable because we trust and have hope in his promise. Even during a funeral service, one of our most difficult times, we pray. You promise to those who believe in you the everlasting life of eternal rest. 
You promised through the coming of your only begotten Son into the world with a promise beyond words to raise the dead. You proclaimed with your almighty and powerful word, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. In accordance with his word, we remind God that we remember his promises, and our hope is in the completion of his promise. Like Job, in the midst of our emotions and difficulties, we should leave room for God to act and to fulfill his promise. The promise which is already fulfilled through Jesus Christ, the word of God, the completion of the law and the prophets. Even though not everyone gets the fairy tale ending like Job, God has given each one of us access to his eternal kingdom. So we hope, and that's because we have seen the evidence of what God has done for us already. God sent his only son for us into the world. Jesus was born into this world. He preached, taught, and healed, and was tortured, crucified. He died for us, and he rose from the dead for us. As far as we know, our Creator has never broken a promise. We trust him to continue bringing things to completion. That is our hope, even when it comes to death. We stress every Sunday during Holy Badarak that the wine and the bread, the blood and the body of our Lord Jesus Christ is life, hope, and resurrection. And we repeat Job's words, Yeritsi anundiar nortian, and may the name of our Lord be blessed from now until forever. As readers of the book of Job, we know that God was there from the beginning. He witnessed all that Satan brought upon Job, how Satan did everything in his power to torture Job to turn him against God, and yet Satan failed. So the twist here is that it was God who had hope in Job all along. God trusted that no matter what, his righteous and faithful servant would not stray away from him. God knew Job, and in the end, his hope in Job was justified. So the ultimate question is not only whether we have hope in God, but are we allowing God to have hope in us? Are we giving him reason and evidence to trust and 